Olympics, and as you can tell, we've got things decked out for the Olympic-sized Faith High Five Camp that's going to be taking place this week. But uh, Pastor Brian and I were praying a number of months ago about what series, sermon series, that we wanted to do during this time, and we said, we got to do we got to do something with the Olympics. So we're going to keep that same type of thing with Olympic-sized faith. And how do we develop that kind of faith in our lives? That's going to be what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks. And that's my hope, my prayer for all of us, is that we would, uh, when we see the Olympics on TV, and it's going to be all over the place here soon, uh, that we'll think about how do we develop that type of an Olympic-sized faith in each and every one of our lives. But before we get into it, hey, into why? Never too young, you are dismissed. Please have a great time, all the kiddos. Woo! Awesome, awesome. Boy, our, our, uh, our decorations are all good to go. We've got a few more we're gonna put up for this week, but I'm very thankful for the, the crew that's done that. Uh, as, as Pastor Brian and Amy had mentioned, we've got over 100 kids signed up, so we're Excited that kids will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior Lord and then grow in their faith. Then we'll all see parents on Saturday come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior as well. I want you to think with me today about what some of your Olympic memories are, okay? Uh, For me, I, I confess it right here. I am an Olympic junkie, okay? I am an Olympic... I've been watching them since I was a little kid. I used to take my dad's weights and throw them like shot puts. It was not good. I mean, anything that I saw in the Olympics, I thought I could do, and it was kind of scary at times. But uh, there's something about the Olympics that actually just gets you so excited, doesn't it? It gets you actually so excited. You think about all of the many hours upon hours that these athletes have sacrificed so that they can go for the gold, right? I mean, so much sacrifice so that they could go for the gold. And I was thinking back to different winter and summer Olympics, okay? And for me, one of the big, big memories of the winter Olympics was right here, the miracle on ice. Oh, that was the one that I, I could watch reruns of that one over and over and over again and never get tired of it, right? Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Oh, just, it's just something. It just gets your blood just pumping. If you've got a pulse, you got to get excited about that, right? And I always think of Mikey Ruzioni and Jim Craig and all of them. And I was just a kid at the time. And it was incredible because these 18, 19-year-old amateurs beat the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union was basically a bunch of pros that had beaten tons of the NHL All-Stars. And then these kids come in. And they perform the biggest upset. Still, they say it's the biggest upset in all of sports. The biggest upset. It's amazing. It was a classic David and Goliath story. It really was. And then with the Summer Olympics, I'll never forget Carl Lewis, right? How many gold medals? Four. Four gold medals in the 1984 Olympics. Absolutely phenomenal. Was trying to do what, what Jesse Owens had done. Absolutely incredible. Then, then there was the dream team, right? Woo, we got Michael, we got Magic, we got Larry. They were destroying everybody. I think their average margin of victory in those 92 Olympics was 54 points. 54 points. They're just throttling, throttling the competition. Uh, Nobody could come close 
to that basketball team. Absolutely phenomenal. And then, of course, there was the ultimate Olympian. Who is that? Michael Phelps, right? Michael Phelps. Anybody know how many gold medals? Anybody know how many medals total? 23 gold medals. Isn't that unbelievable? In five Olympics. Everybody forgets about his first Olympics, okay? He was just a young kid. He was like 17 or something. Five Olympics. And I remember thinking every time I would watch him, I would dive into the pool and I would think I was Michael Phelps. And my wife would say, you're not Michael Phelps. <laughs> you're definitely not Michael Phelps. But I thought I could do the stuff that he was doing. That wingspan was absolutely incredible. Everything that he did. And what's interesting is, you see, the thing that was so true about all of these world-class athletes was the fact that every one of them had to do a few things, right? Every one of them had to press on. Every one of them had to persevere, no matter what obstacles were coming their way. No matter what obstacles were coming their way. They had to just keep moving forward. They had to give it their all and not let anything take away from their focus. Nothing. They kept their minds, they kept their, their hearts, they kept their bodies razor sharp, didn't they? Always. They understood that if they wanted to succeed and really, truly be able to win gold medals and all of that, they had to be more focused, more desiring than ever before to do their very, very best. It's interesting. As followers of Christ, do we want to give our all for Christ? Or do we just want to go part way? We just, ah, accepted Jesus and yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I don't need to go all out for, for the Lord. Do we just kind of fall into this mundane type of life? You see, we can't let the obstacles. We've got a lot of obstacles that have been coming at us. And there's hurdles that try to prevent us from going for the gold. Try to prevent us from striving to be all that Christ wants us to be. Christ doesn't just want us to run the race of the Christian life half-heartedly, though. He wants us to run it with passion, with boldness, with courage. He doesn't want us to simply be satisfied with being in the race. You know, like just join, join in the race. And just, oh, I'm in the race. I'm, I'm fine. No, he wants us to win the race, right? He wants us to not be satisfied with just a little bit of faith. Or no faith. He wants us to have an Olympic-sized faith. That's his desire for us. But what exactly is faith? We hear about it all the time. You know, we know the Christian life, it kind of hinges <laughs> pretty much on faith. What is it? The Bible defines faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, as faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In essence, it is trusting in something that you can't explicitly prove. It contains two primary aspects, right? First is the intellectual assent, but the second is the huge part, and that's the trust, the trust factor. You see, intellectual assent is believing something to be true. There's a lot of people that kind of have that belief in Jesus, but then the trust is actually relying on the fact that something is true. Christianity is all about faith. 
people believe certain facts about Jesus. They may even intellectually agree with the facts that the Bible even declares about Jesus. But the head belief is not enough. James chapter 2, verse 19 says it really well. Even the demons believe in God and acknowledge certain facts. <laughs> the difference is we must personally and fully rely on the death of Christ as the atoning sacrifice for our sins and his resurrection that gives us, what? Gives us new life, right? And faith should always require repentance where we turn away from our sins and we turn to God. Where we place our faith in Jesus and not ourselves. We place our faith in Jesus, not ourselves. This world, though, is full of what? It's full of pride. It's full of power. It's full of arrogance. That's what so much government's filled with that. Sports can be filled with that. The pride, the power, the arrogance. But God says we must become less. He must become more, right? If this last year has taught us anything at all, it is that we need more of Jesus and less of ourselves, right? It's like the great song by Zach Williams called Less Like Me. You guys heard that song, Less Like Me? Oh, it's on the radio all the time. Listen to it, it's, it's fantastic. The only difference that I would say with the song though is that we should really change the words up a little bit and say a lot less like me. Where we say a lot more like mercy, a lot more like grace, a lot more like kindness, goodness, love, and faith, a whole lot more like Jesus and a lot less like me. Because our bodies, our thoughts, sinful many a times. That's why we need Jesus so much. That's why we need to be spirit-filled, not flesh-filled. A whole lot more like Jesus, a lot less like me. How are we doing with this, guys? How are we really doing, though? We can't say fine. <laughs> Throw that word out. We can't just say fine. I mean, how are we doing what matters the most in life? Our faith. Is our faith non-existent? Is our faith just kind of failing? Maybe it's at least a small little flame. Maybe it's at least a, a little spark, you know? If we got that, at least we've got a chance then, right? Even if we had that small flame, we got a chance. Maybe it's, it's at least the size of what a mustard seed, right? The Bible says that we can move a mountain with even that amount of faith. So if we can move a mountain with the faith as small as a little mustard seed, mustard seed's only about one to two millimeters. You realize that? Can you imagine how many giant mountains can be moved with Olympic-sized faith then? As our faith continues to get bigger and stronger and more and more, and we have mountain and mountain and mountain. I don't know about you guys. But I've climbed over a lot of different mountains. I've been to the Rockies. I've seen the Alps. I've done those things. You know what? They're big. But it's amazing when you go across those mountains, right? When you go across those mountains and you see that you could conquer that. We've got lots of different mountains that are coming at us all the time. But if we even have a little bit of faith that turns into an Olympic-sized faith, it doesn't matter how big the mountain is, right? 
You don't drive out to the Colorado Rockies and you get there and you say, well, I'm not going up any of these mountains. No way. You're going over top of those mountains. We've got mountains coming at us. We need to have faith to be able to move those mountains, right? God will give that to us. He will, but we need to pray. We need to to grow and to exercise our faith, right? What does this look like, though? How can we attain this kind of faith? I love Olympic stories. They're already starting to come out. Here's the one that's already come out. There's an Olympic athlete that has already demonstrated this kind of faith that I'm talking about. Her name is Sydney McLaughlin. You guys heard of her yet? If not, you will. She just set the world record in the 400-meter hurdles at the Olympic trials. And she wanted to make sure right away to give all glory to God. It wasn't one of those flippant type, oh yeah, God bless, or thank God, or no, this was serious. You could see it in her. The tremendous passion that she has for God. She said, quote, honestly, this season, just working with my new coach, my new support system, it's truly just faith and trusting the process. I couldn't ask for anything more, and truly it is all a gift from God. She then said, my faith was being tested all week, but I just kept hearing God say, just focus on me, just focus on me. She then added, I no longer run, this is huge, I no longer run for self-recognition, but rather to reflect God's perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. Records come and go, but the glory of God is eternal. Thank you, Father. End quote. Wow. Does that give you chills or what? When I, when I heard her say it, when I read it, I thought, oh, she gets it. She's 21 years old and she gets it. There's people 40, 50, 60, 70 that still don't have a clue about that kind of faith. But she gets it as a 21-year-old. She has the right perspective, doesn't she? She has the eternal perspective. Not self-glorification, but God-glorification. She's already developing an Olympic-sized faith at 21. She's shown tremendous faith in that anything is possible with God, that we should never put limits on God, that he always could do exceedingly more than we could ever ask or imagine, and that we could give him all the glory. Isn't that great? The Apostle Paul also definitely felt like that all things were possible with God. I know Paul wants us to have an Olympic-sized faith. That's why we're two-thirds of the New Testament is written by him to encourage, to spur us on, right? To have that kind of faith. And he gives us some reasons why we should always go for it. Why we should go for it. Number one, here's the first one. To receive the ultimate prize. To receive the ultimate prize. You can pull out your study sheets if you like. There's gonna be some different points that we're gonna hit on today. First Corinthians chapter nine Verses 24 to 25 says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? 
Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Best funerals that I've ever been to in my life, I've been to over 100 probably, have been the ones where the person, person got that. They understood that it was not about the crowns here. It was not about the, all the plaques on the wall, the trophies here. It was, it was about the Lord. It was about giving glory to God. Yeah, it was about the ultimate prize, not the superficial prizes that we want so badly here, but the ultimate prize, eternal life, and Jesus saying, well done, thy good and faithful servant, right? I remember when I was a, a kid, I was probably like a lot of kids, I was obsessed with getting the prizes, right? <laughs> I remember thinking I would do almost anything to get a prize. And now I have a son that's just like me with that. <laughs> so whether it was playing a sport or music or grades or even chugging a carton of milk, I remember three seconds, boom, third grade, do it, let's go. You know, you get a prize. I don't even know what the prize was, but you chug a carton of milk. These crazy things just to win some prize. And you win a few medals, and all of us probably have gotten some type of medal or trophy. And then we store them away, right? Not too many people have their first and second grade trophies smack dab in the middle of the living room when they're 40, right? If you do, I'm sorry, it's okay. <laughs> a few years ago, my kids found some of the, the trophies uh, in the garage, and they were all dusty, tattered, some were half broken. And I thought back to uh, how much I invested, so much time, so much energy into competing for these prizes, you know? And uh, not that that was bad necessarily, but in the grand scheme of life, how it really didn't matter a whole lot, you know? It really didn't matter. And then I thought, how much time and energy am I investing in receiving the ultimate prize of a crown that will last forever. I know I received the crown of eternal life through trusting in Jesus Christ, but it's not just a one day race, right? It's a marathon where every day we pick up our cross, we follow Jesus towards our heavenly reward, that ultimate crown of eternal life for those who have followed him. I look at some people in our church that are great examples of that. You know, I think of Jeff and Becky Kimball. I think of Craig and Pat French. I think of people that have faithfully run the race for Jesus for decades. They'd be the first to say that they're not perfect, but you talk about living for the Lord and setting an example for generations to come. And there's more in our church, and there's gonna be even more in the years to come. What a legacy to be able to live, to, to leave that to your, your kids, your grandkids, the great-grandkids, all of that coming. Keeping your eyes on the prize 
being in strict spiritual training. And that shows in our lifestyle, doesn't it? It shows on how we live our lives. And it spurs me on. When I see older saints in the Lord faithfully walking with God for decades, how about you? That spurs me on big time to say, I want to I be like that. I want to be 60, 70, 80, 90, still running for the Lord. I hope that you do too. I hope that you do. We've got to go for the gold. We need to develop an Olympic-sized faith, knowing that we're not running in vain, but with expectancy of the crown of eternal life. Number two, second reason that we should, hey, we should go for it. That we should go for the gold. Number two, to reveal love for the Lord and for others. That's the second R. Let's reveal love for the Lord and for others. A lot of people know John 3.16. What about 1 John 3.16 to 18? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Yeah. You see, in this passage, John is defining what real love is all about. It's Jesus Christ laying his life down for us and us then laying our lives down for our brothers and for him. It's defined with what? Actions and truth and humility. And it's something we got to examine our hearts on, right? There is so much need all around us. So much need. More need now than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Obviously, some of it is the, the physical need. We get calls every day, practically, for food and clothing and shelter, and our hearts break many times for that. And we should most definitely help those that are hurting with material needs, not only in our backyard, but needs even all over the globe. But remember, too, that the greatest need of all is the spiritual need, the spiritual need. And right now, coming out of the pandemic, there's so many people that are crying out for help, that are desiring something. Some people that don't realize that that something is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's harder to see the spiritual need in others, or maybe even the spiritual need in ourselves. We just have a tendency to say, oh, I'm fine, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. But maybe we've got a, a temperature. Maybe we've got a problem. Maybe we've got an issue that needs to be resolved. God wants to resolve it in us, doesn't he? He does. That spiritual need, he wants to help us through it. We have to realize that the need can only be filled through Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to satisfy. We all have the God-shaped vacuum that only Jesus can fit into. So if we're going to authentically love, we must always get to the root cause of all needs. And we can't be timid or scared about recognizing that in ourselves or in others. We have to share the reason for our hope, our joy, 
or peace. We see those that are hurting to be willing just to share that and realize that the answer is always going to be Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus. Let's be willing to share that now more than ever. The need is greater than ever. Let's be willing to share that more than ever. And the third point, why should we go for the gold? We got to run the race and finish strong, don't we? Let's run the race and finish strong. Check it out in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 24. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. This part of Acts, the apostle Paul, he's speaking to the elders of the church in Ephesus. He's declaring that nothing means anything to him except finishing the race strong by testifying to the gospel. Many times in our lives, we can feel that we're not successful unless we're getting a lot out of life. Success oftentimes equals fame, fortune, fun. That's what the world says. However, Paul talks more about what we are putting into life rather than how much we are getting out of life. What are we putting into life more than what we are getting out of life? We are such a world that is obsessed with fun and fame and fortune and my boat. I was talking to somebody recently, not a believer, and they are talking, oh, I got this many trucks and I got a boat and I got this. And I, got, I was like, huh, okay. You have Jesus. <laughs> That's the most important thing. I don't care how many boats and trucks and cars and houses that you have. It's not about that. You can be miserable with all that stuff. Do you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you follow after him? That's the most important thing. How much are we putting into life? How much are we really caring for others that are hurting? The reason we're doing all these things that we're doing with the High Five Camp and we got Love Norwalk and we got the Fair Outreach, we do those things because we love Jesus and we love others. We want to put into life, not try to get things out of life. That's my prayer for all of us as a church. That we never get lazy in our spirituality. Man, if I ever get lazy, I'm done. I resign right here. I told my wife that. If I ever get lazy in my faith, boom, I'm done. God doesn't call us to be lazy in our faith. He continues to call us to go strong for him at all times. Paul is driven and compelled to share the gospel at all costs. Notice that he doesn't say start the race. He doesn't say continue in the race. What does he say? He says finish. Finish the race. Paul is all about going strong to the very end. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Here he proclaims, he proclaims he actually did what he set out to do in his ministry. What about us? Are we feeling like we can't fight the good fight anymore? Are we feeling like the race is just, it's just too hard, it's too long, it's too difficult? 
There's too many thorns and thistles and mountains and everything coming. Do we feel like just boom, throwing in the towel? When we start to feel this way, we have to remember that our faith cannot rest upon our feelings, but rather upon God's word. That's why we did a sermon series called More Than a Feeling. Hopefully, prayerfully, that got into your hearts, recognizing more than ever, our faith has to rest upon God's word. And he says that all things are possible with God. That when we are weak, he is strong. That when we are weary and heavy laden, he will give us rest. That we can cast all of our cares upon him, for he cares for us. That we can go to him at any time, any place. Whatever the care, whatever the concern is, we lay it at his feet. It's a beautiful thing. You see, God doesn't want us to stop halfway in the race. I did that once. <laughs> I was in seventh grade. I was a terrible runner. <laughs> but I was, my dad signed me up for this, I think it was like a 5K type deal. I'm seventh grade, I'm like 72 pounds, four foot nothing. And I, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll set to good in this race, you know. I'll never forget, I'm running. I didn't do any training, not smart. But I thought, I'm just going to run this race. Halfway through, oh my, stab. Anybody ever have one of those side aches before? Oh my, this was just killer. And it was just like somebody had a Ginsu. I mean, a big Ginsu. And it was just bam, bam, bam. And finally, I got to the point where I slowed down. And I slowed down. And I stopped. And I quit. I still look back on that, seventh grade. And I think... That was terrible. It was terrible. I quit halfway. I didn't even make it, but halfway through a 5K. It was terrible. I didn't have any of the training. Didn't prepare myself the way that I should have. You know, God wants us to go into the strict training. God wants us in his word and in prayer and sharing him and all of that so that we don't quit halfway. We shouldn't say, well, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 55, I'm 60, I'm done. Let the young people do it now. No. Yeah, things hurt more. Things are more difficult. Obviously, the older we get, but our faith, we can still impart so much to all those that are younger in the faith. That we could be the Paul to those that maybe are the Timothys. We have to remember that. God doesn't want us to stop halfway in the race. He wants us to finish strong no matter what the obstacles are. In 2008, Olympic hurdler Kelly Wells was poised to make her first Olympics when she completely tore her hamstring right before the finish line. Completely tore it. Most people doubted that she would ever be able to compete again at any kind of high level. But she said, quote, I feel like God sometimes can put even more on those he thinks can handle it he's not going to put more than I can bear on my shoulders. I just know I have to trust the path God has for me. I just have to trust the path that God has for me. Four years later, Kelly competed in the 2012 Olympics. She won the bronze medal in the 110-meter hurdles. People have said she'll never run again. 
totally destroyed her hammy. And yet, there she was winning a medal in 2012. You see, when we face the hurdles, the trials, the obstacles of many kinds, and James says it in his word, that we're going to face trials of many kinds. The thing is, we have to let God lead us, right? Take us arm in arm and trust his plan for us. His plan many times is going to be different than our plans, right? But I guarantee you that I guarantee you that it's going to be better. It's going to be the best plan for your life. So we can't allow our circumstances to lead us, but rather his strong hand to lead us. Amen? That's my prayer for all of us. As we strive for Olympic-sized faith, let's be men and women and the kiddos as well who truly go for gold. Why? To receive the ultimate prize. To reveal love for the Lord and for others. To run the race and finish. Finish strong. And that's my life lesson today. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go for the gold of faith. You hear go for the gold and that's awesome. You're going to hear that a lot the next several weeks. Let's go for the gold in our faith though. Let's desire this Olympic time, we watch the Olympics. Let's think about that Olympic-sized faith. Let's think about how can we develop that kind of tenacity in our own spiritual lives. That's what God desires for every one of us. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we love you so much. We thank you for this great, great day. Thank you for these awesome friends here today. Thank you for your holy word Thank you that it's sharper than any double-edged sword, that it penetrates deep within our souls, dear God. And Lord, I do pray that you would help us as followers of you, whether we've been following you just for a year or we've been following you for decades, dear God. Lord, help us to go for the gold. Help us to receive the ultimate prize, to reveal love for the Lord and for others. Help us to run the race, finish strong, dear God. Help us not to quit halfway. Lord, that's my heart's cry for myself and for everyone here today. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord, we do pray. Amen and amen. Hey, please be praying for High Five Camp throughout this week. Uh, we're really praying that we'll see God do some, some major work in the hearts of the kids and the, and the adults too, all right? Go for the gold, all right? Out of our seats, and. Into the world. Love you guys.